Jeep is dropping three colors from the 2020 Wrangler lineup. Tammy talks about overlanding and how it may be different to each one of you. Wendy talks about her eight-day trip on the back of a Harley-Davidson motorcycle and how it could have been done in the Jeep. Be sure and tell your friends about the Jeep Talk Show. It's as easy as telling them to go to jeeptalkshow.com. You're listening to a 4x4, 4x4 Radio Network Podcast. Are you ready? It's the Jeep Talk Show with Wendy. There will be body damage. Jeep Mama. Are you sure? Josh. Yeah, I don't think so. And Tony. I think that's a huge deal. So sit back, strap in, and brace yourself. You know, it doesn't matter if you have a Jeep, want a Jeep, or never driven anything but Jeeps, this show is for you. Josh, Tammy, Wendy, and myself are here to inform you and entertain you while we talk about, yes, yes, Jeeps. Howdy, it's Wendy, and I've been on two wheels for eight days. <laughs> no bragging. Hey, this is Tony. I'm selling our spare Jeep. Uh, I need to replace the battery first, though, you know, before I can show it to folks. And yesterday, someone said they'll bring me a battery for it if I'd knock $500 off the price. Woohoo! Think about that for a second, would you? Local Jeep news, national Jeep news, and news from around the world. It's This Week in Jeep. All right, well, This Week in Jeep, we're going to have some uh, some interesting Jeep stories. Uh, that's that's kind of unusual, isn't it, Wendy? Uh, actually have Jeep stories on a Jeep talk show. That would be unusual, yes. I did, think you're right. Did you catch this thing about the, the police slow speed pursuit of a Jeep Wrangler? I saw that. <laughs> I mean, talk about insulting. <laughs> Can't you just make it a, a, a pursuit? You don't have to say low speed. <laughs> of course, exactly. Of course, last time I remember seeing a, a white vehicle, a low speed pursuit, uh, O.J. Simpson was in it, and uh, it wasn't a Jeep. <laughs> no, he didn't have a Jeep. <laughs> no, no, it was a Bronco. So you may have missed this. Uh, you, you, you folks out there may have missed this. But three days ago, police were shown in a slow speed chase on I-95 in Florida. The chase, <laughs> sometimes reaching speeds of posted speed limits, began in Oakland Park and headed northbound from there. You, you ever been in uh, Florida uh, anytime recently, Wendy? No, I have not. Do you think so about fleeing from the that. police? <laughs> No, no, and certainly not at a low speed. <laughs> <laughs> That's so, so funny. You know, he had some uh, some stuff up on the rack, too, so it kind of looked like he was a bit of an overlander. And uh, one of our listeners commented on uh, the, the Jeep Talk Show group whenever I sh- posted the picture of the, the Jeep on its side. He posted, uh, overlander down. <laughs> so oh, that's that a good was, one. Yeah, I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> so... Police, in a bit of irony, removed the freedom top of the late model Jeep Wrangler to uh, arrest the male driver. The driver is being charged with aggravated battery, fleeing, and eluding. Personally, I think eluding will be a little hard to charge to prove in court. Just a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you have to. You really have to try. I mean, the Jeep will do more than fifty-five miles an hour. So it will. Yes, it definitely will. But I don't get it. So, uh, the, uh, the the driver of the Jeep was accused of ramming another vehicle uh, and a golf cart. That's some no. serious stuff there. That's serious in Lauderdale, that's I'm for sure. I wonder if they would let, let him take a mulligan and it just uh, escalated from, from that. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> So, uh, it, 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 so in a not-so-funny twist in this story, law enforcement is checking to see if there is a connection with two dead bodies found in Flor- Flor- Fort Lauderdale Beach 
earlier in the day. Now, so what the guy do? Like carjack it, maybe? And these are the bodies? Uh, that's kind of weird. There's, I saw no extra information on this. And I got to ask you: When police find two bodies, do you have to say dead, or can you just assume they're dead bodies? I'm thinking you can assume. I think seriously. you can too. But you know, just yeah. just for the kids at home that aren't sure. Uh, so uh, if you missed the the the, the live chase uh, on uh, on Facebook or maybe locally on uh, uh, some Florida TV station, the uh, the police uh, did the famous pit maneuver and uh, they terminated the chase. But the 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 pit maneuver didn't actually work as anticipated as the jeep spun and was going backwards, and it went backwards several hundred feet down the uh, down the road, and very similar to a TV show, action TV show, or uh, action uh, movie, the Jeep driver tried to spin that thing around. You know how you can spin it from going yes. backwards immediately to going forward? And, of course, that's when it went on its side. <laughs> so, uh, chase is over. Yeah, chase is over. <laughs> and uh, I didn't get to really see that much of it. But then again, I imagine it was pretty boring because uh, there was nobody on the on the road. Or there maybe there was, and he just wasn't catching up to the traffic ahead. <laughs> I, or because of the issues and virus, everybody's home. He was the only one out there. Eh, it could be. Oh it very could be. Gosh. But anyway, it was very funny to see uh, a Jeep fleeing from the police, a Jeep Wrangler. And I think it was a JKU. I'm, I'm pretty sure. It was definitely a four-door, but I think it was a JKU. I hope it wasn't a new JL. That would be horrible. Uh, but I'm thinking to myself, you know, not that the guy's fleeing from the police, and oh my God, what may he have done? Just... Could you just have stopped while you were going backwards and not flip the Jeep? You know, it would have been well, perfectly fine. And, and <laughs> I mean, think about this guy the day he started, you know, the morning. I think I'm going to just take this vehicle and I'm going to go as slow as I can. Could you pick a different vehicle maybe you know, so you can get away? Or was that the plan all along to slowly be caught? I don't know. Yeah, they, they, <laughs> they may... They, they may get me for evading arrest, but damn it, I'm not going to get a speeding ticket. <laughs> That's right. Can't give him a speeding ticket. He did not... Did not exceed the limit. All right, oh uh, Wendy, how important are uh, available Jeep colors to you? Do you? Does that make a difference to you whenever you're deciding to, to buy a new Jeep? Yeah, I'm thinking I definitely would be looking at color for sure. If I narrowed it down, I would definitely be looking for color. So uh, Jeep is dropping three of the available colors for the new 2020 Wrangler. The, oh. the, the colors are bikini, punked metal, or metallic rather, and Mochito or Mojito or Mochito? Mojito. Mojito. Yeah, Mojito. Uh, thank you. Uh, normally I have Josh here to correct me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let me man this up a bit for you guys out there. Bikini is blue. Uh, punk and metal is kind of an orange. And that Mojito is a bright green. I'm a little sad to see bright green go because, you know. Well, yeah, it's kind of a lime color. Uh, yeah. Mojito's a, a really good lime drink, so. That's kind of sad. That bright green's nice to see the Jeep. It yeah, makes all, it clear. You also, know, you find also, it. Yeah, also a great color for a leisure suit. And uh, it's just uh, <laughs> it's just a shame. I guess you can still get the leisure suit in uh, that uh, that color. So, so what are they offering? Red and what? Black? That's it? White? <laughs> well, I'll just tell you. You know the color they didn't drop? Red. Of course. <laughs> Which one is it, Tony? <laughs> <laughs> but you knew that, didn't you? Hey, yeah. uh, they're going to have, uh, they're going to maintain the billet silver. Uh, black, of course, there's no special words around black because it's just the boring color. Black, everybody knows what the black is. Uh, white, also the boring color. Uh, granite, which is hey, gray. Watch it now. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's the uh, that's the color for perps now, uh, Wendy. Um, uh, apparently, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> so they've got granite, which is gray. Uh, hella yellow, which here in Texas we just say yeller, 
and mm. uh, blue, another basic color. And uh, what the hell, another gray. They've got two grays. I Why? Mean, I, I guess people like blending in on dark, rainy days. <laughs> I thought the whole idea was some bright colors. I mean, when you get lost or stuck out there on the trail, it's easy to find you, right? Mm-hmm. Hey, look you, for the orange Jeep. Look you know, for the green Jeep. You know, I'm kind of a blue fan. I, I do like the blue, uh, but it is a dark color. And, and generally speaking, I like bright colors for Jeeps because mm-hmm. I, I think yeah. you're in a Jeep. It's a, it's a fantastic vehicle, especially if you've done modifications to it. Damn it, look at this Jeep because it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. You know, so I agree. That's kind of where I go with the bright colors. I mean, even white. I think white's a little boring. I have a friend of mine that everything he buys is is a white vehicle, and I just I just keep giving him a hard time. And use some imagination. Get some get some <laughs> color in there. Get some color in your life. Well, it's sad to see that the Jeep is offering less color options for their 2020 range. I say keep the bright color, but there's still a pretty good list of colors. I uh, say keep the bright colors and ditch the dark colors. Next I'm with week, you on that. Next week, we'll be hearing from someone who recently ordered a JL and didn't get the red one because it was, I'm sorry, because it wasn't red enough. What? Yeah. Hmm. Okay. So Motor Trend uh, on the various colors that Jeeper uh, is dropping. Uh, Motor Trend has a, a great story on the Jeep colors at uh, MotorTrend.com. Check out our show notes for this episode, uh, episode 441, uh, for a link on this story. And if you've got a news tip or you have a response to any one of our stories, make sure to let us know by phone or by email. Just head over to JeepTalkShow.com slash contact to find out how. And coming up later in the show, interview with Philip of Be Ready Blade Works and his new YouTube channel, The Mundane Rockstar. You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network podcast. Now you know we're always asking you to go check out the 4x4 Radio Network, and for good reason. There's a ton of great shows there to check out besides ours. Tell your friends, too. We've got something for everyone at 4x4radionetwork.com. How about the On the Trail podcast? Oh, and... Trail Chasers is there. The Center Steer podcast is a lot of fun, too. And don't forget about Dan and the 4x4 podcast. Lots of great off-road shows, and it's all free, and it's all at 4x4radionetwork.com. We'll see you there. Yeah, great shows. Of course, we had Dan last week uh, uh, from the uh, the 4x4 podcast, and I really appreciated Dan helping uh, fill in with uh, Josh being out. Yeah, it was nice that he helped out, and Chris, too. Are you living the Jeep life? From mall crawlers to weekend warriors, from daily drivers to weekend wheelers, it's all about the Jeep life, and it's all good. It's time for Jeep Life with Jeep Mama. Overlanding, just like Jeep Life, means something different to everyone. Historically, overlanding is an Australian outback term to denote the droving of livestock over very long distances to open up new country or to take livestock to market far from grazing grounds. A more modern-day definition of overlanding doesn't include droving livestock, and the definition seems to have a different meaning for different people. It's like a fusion of off-roading and camping. Like overlanding and Jeep life, off-roading has a different meaning to different people. Off-roading is what you make of it. It can be gravel roads out in the middle of nowhere to difficult trails with obstacles. My definition of overlanding is exploring the great outdoors and historic places in your vehicle while camping on the land, whether a weekend, a week, or longer. There are so many different variations of overlanding, Jeep life, and off-roading. It's all what you make of it. As I find my desire for exploration growing, I have been doing more research to find those cool, out-of-the-way places to go explore. 
I wanted to share some of them with you. Of course, there are the known places like Moab, which some people call the off-road Mecca, which could be a weekend or weeks of off-roading and camping. The historic 138-mile Mojave Road in California, anywhere from two to four days of exploration. And of course, the Rubicon Trail in the Sierra Nevadas. The goal of most all off-roaders is to traverse this trail. It has a variety of terrain ranging from beginner to expert, which I was always under the assumption this was for experts only. It can be a five-hour trip, so says the internet, to up to a week. Then you have the Colorado Passes, Black Bear Pass, Imogene, Ophir, Engineer Pass. These trails in Colorado are dependent on the weather, so this would be a summer-only trip. And if you're afraid of heights, this would not be a good fun trip for you. <laughs> then you have the Cocoino, Coconino National Forest. Sorry if I messed up that pronunciation. (laughs) And this is in northern Arizona, and it covers nearly 2 million acres and has a massive network of trails. And they're surrounded by the stunning red rock formations. And then, of course, in Josh's hometown, the Tillamook State Forest in Oregon, and it's a natural playground for 4x4s. Like I said, Josh is very familiar with this one, and I'm sure can fill us in on all the cool things there. Then we have the Big Bend, Big Bend National Park in Texas, which also has the Jeep Badge of Honor Trail, Black Gap. That's on my bucket list. And then the Hole in the Rock Trail, another Jeep Badge of Honor, and it's in southern Utah. It's a historic trail running east-southeast from the town of Escalante in southern Utah. The Mormon Trailblazers established this trail way back when, and it crossed the Colorado River and ended their journey in the town of Bluff. Now, this trail is one you really, really need to properly prepare for because it's in the middle of nowhere and gas and food facilities are hundreds of miles away. You also have the Dalton Highway in Alaska crossing the Yukon River and ending in the Arctic Ocean, or at the Arctic Ocean, not in. This road stretches for about 414 miles through the wild Alaskan bush and the barren tundra. It was built in the 70s as the service road to the Trans-Alaskan Pipeline, and it became famous through the controversy of the pipeline and the show Ice Road Truckers. It has steep grades, avalanche danger, and hundreds of miles between gas stations. It's a brutal gravel highway, and it's not for the faint of heart. Now, it ends at Prudhoe Bay. And since you've already made it there, you might as well just turn around and head south for another eighteen to 19,000 miles on the Pan-American Highway, all the way from Alaska to Argentina at the southern tip of South America. And we all know Dan Greck did this trail. So go check out his website, The Road Chose Me, for any more information on that. Now, any time you make plans for any one of these overlanding trips, make sure you do your research online about the location and pack your gear to the needs of the trip. Each trip is going to need different gear. Now, I'm in the process of planning two of these trips in the coming week. We are heading out next week for the Rubicon Trail. I'm so excited to finally wheel the place that hooked me on off-roading. Then hopefully on the way back to Colorado, we are going to take America's loneliest highway in Nevada. It's a remote section of US 50, which was named the loneliest highway in 1986 by Time magazine. 
Parts of this highway crosses several large desert plateaus separated by numerous mountain ranges towering over valley floors. In the 1850s, the gold rush sparked a caravan of wagons to head west along this throughway. And according to the Highway 50 Association, this roaring road, as it was called, became so congested at times that hopeful miners and their families would have to wait days before they could access it. The area that follows Route 50 is about 400 miles, and it's not rural. They call it frontier. But Nevada says it's anything but lonely with all the history, the Pony Express history, and the geographical wonders. There's a website link in the show notes to share more about America's loneliest highway. I'm really looking forward to this trip, not only because it's the Rubicon Trail, but because my youngest is flying in then the next week to join us. Now, my fingers are crossed. Some world event doesn't change all this like it did at EJS. So... Looking forward to sharing all my little tips and tidbits about my journey to the Rubicon Trail. That sounds like so much fun. I am so excited to tra- uh, wheel this trail. I'm nervous. Um, I've talked to so many people and they said my Jeep is more than capable there are bypasses I can take. So I'm just really excited. I'm really excited to share with you um, about my experience on the Ruben Con Trail, um, but I'm still nervous, very well, nervous. Well, don't forget, you got lots of uh, lots of skid plates and stuff that you've put on there. You've got the a good set of sliders, and uh, what we're really going to be curious yep. about is what you air your uh, Nexen. Uh, uh, Nixon, um, a damn brain farting on the damn tires. No, no, no. <laughs> tires, the, huh? yeah. well, what's the whole name? RTX, not RTX. Rodian. Yeah, the Rodian MTX. MTX. Uh, yeah. that uh, really what you uh, air down your uh, Nexian Rodian MTXs to and, and how they how well they perform out there. And you do have well, a set of should. five, right? Yes, I do. Okay, so if you yeah. have a problem with one, you'll have a, have a replacement. But I'm pretty sure she'll just air down to 14 like, like she does on any of the trails. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. But uh, yeah. if, if that doesn't work, uh, work well for you, I'm, I'm, I'm curious about yeah. if you have to change that. If you have I'd to go up or down, I would think you would have to go down, but if anything, but uh, yeah, I bet you do, do just fine based on my limited experience with them out there and uh, uh, on Gold Mountain. So, uh, and, and when you, I'm sorry, when are you going again? Is it this coming week or in the two weeks? Um, we, I'm picking my son up next Thursday in Denver and then we're leaving Friday morning. It's a two day drive and we're going to rest on Sunday and we're meeting everybody on Monday at the staging point at Loon Lake. And if you would, get a, a fifth of whiskey or some, some alcohol and <laughs> take a swig every time he says, are we there yet? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I do have fireball, so. That's I'll not going to make her trip easier, Tony. Stop it. <laughs> and, and just I, remember, I Tammy, be... just remember you actually have toe straps. You have all the equipment oh, you right. need. Yeah. There's not going to be a reason to be nervous. Just go enjoy it. Have fun. Let us know how it was. I'm so jealous. Uh, and we'll now. Have you been on it, Wendy? I have not. It's on our list, so we definitely okay. want to do it. So I'm going to go over to Amazon. I'm sure they make those big band aids. So whenever you take damage to oh, your yeah. vehicle, I'll uh, I'll send you a set out there so that uh, okay. you know for when you get back, you can bandage up your Jeep. See, I'm I'm messing with her now because she's gonna she's gonna hurt, scratch your precious Jeep. <laughs> uh-huh. You've seen the videos and stuff, but 
we actually watched a video of the fenders, the little, the Willys Jeeps, and they're on like 31s. They're not lifted and they're doing it. So if they oh, can yeah. do it, I can do it. No, right? no. Oh, yeah, you, you can do it. Pretty you much any it. Jeep. It just really depends on how easy it is and how much damage you take. But, but yeah, I'm uh, an old Ford Fairlane. Probably, probably, probably take care of it if you had a winch. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so looking forward you'll to that. Just, and, and yeah, that, you'll do just fine. And that means you're not going to be on the, the next several episodes uh, with us, right, uh, Tammy? Um, I will do my best to send in um, uh, audio, okay. like, like um, Nikki G does. Mm-hmm. All um, right, good. Well, we the week I'm there, it just depends on cell coverage and when we get off the trail. Right. So, uh, if nothing else, if you can just uh, send us some updates, some audio updates, uh, like you were supposed yeah. to do when you went on that m- month-long adventure. Uh, we'd yes. like to like to hear little updates from you, even if you don't have time to do a segment. Now, I, I certainly understand you're out there having fun and 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 doing things that are new, and you may not uh, you're you may not be able to wrap your brain around working. So, <laughs> but if you well, could just plus, give us a little audio updates, you know, a couple minutes, that'd be great. That is, I can do that, especially now that I know how to run that that little recorder. I was kind of a had a blonde moment during yeah. that trip. Well, it happens. New new equipment, right? So, how does uh, Tammy's Jeep life compare with yours? We're always looking for Jeep stories, so contact us and let us know about your Jeep life. Just go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact to find out how. Why did you become a paid subscriber to the Jeep Talk Show? I love the show. I've listened to you guys free for, I don't know, years now, and I figured I'd time to give back. You can be a paid subscriber and help support the show you love, the Jeep Talk Show. It'll just uh, help help the show out, and, and then in the end, it'll be Jeep Talk Show in my ear holes, you know? Just go to jeeptalkshow.com and look for the big yellow subscribe button. It'd be nice to give back to uh, so that you guys can continue on, because if they love the show, then why shouldn't you, why shouldn't you give back just a little bit. This is Zach from CNM Jeeps. This is Lisa Simon from Chim Perfect. This is Alan Peterson with Painless Performance Wiring. This is Amy from TNA Decal. This is Neil from SFJ4x4.com. This is Randall Spear, Motorsports Manager from Dana Aftermarket. This is Paul Wolf from ENI USA RM. I'm John Eastmore from Black Forest. This is Nathan Leahy from Mickey Thompson Tires and Wheels. And you're listening to the Jeep Talk Show. And a nice big Jeep wave goes out to all of our friends and fans in the off road industry. We thank you for your support. From around the world. Or from your city. And sometimes just down the street. Howdy, neighbor. It's the Jeep Talk Show interview. All right, friends, we are back with uh, Philip. And uh, Philip, you may remember from Be Ready Blade Works. Uh, he was uh, interviewed uh, not too long ago. He's uh, local here to me, but uh, we're still doing this on Skype because uh, uh, he, he, I'm in a, a non disclosed uh, location. <laughs> but <For> social distance. <laughs> yes. They, oh, of course. That's exactly right. So, uh, and. Uh, <laughs> Uh, you also remember him from uh, Forged in Fire. He is a, a winner of Forged in Fire, which I think we found out last time uh, that Philip was on. You can't say that you were even on or you were a contestant. All you can say is if you won. Is that correct? Am I remembering correct, Philip? The opposite of that. I, I could say that I was a, a contestant, but I couldn't say the result. And I I could only talk when there was a, a one-week clearance right before the show aired so I had about six or seven months of trying to keep my mouth shut. <laughs> you know, you would think that they would be a little more uh, lenient on that with people that make knives and swords and stuff because bad things could happen to them. 
<laughs> well, what's what's mightier, the pen or the sword? I mean, they yeah, got a slew of lawyers. That's, that's true. That's very true. But anyway, but just ask her quick. Have you seen any big? I just ask. I just ask her quick. Have you seen any big changes? Are uh, are people? Do uh, you got any groupies? Any female groupie knife groupies have uh, have latched onto you now? And uh, you you just can't. You have to beat them off with the sword. You, you know, it it hasn't gotten that bad, but it is kind of surreal that. <laughs> You go to some knife shows and, you know, there's there's this group and, and somebody just yells your name at the top of their lungs <laughs> and you turn around and like, I don't know who I'm talking, who is this? And, I'm like, and the guy's like, hey man, it's it's me, it's, it's you know, whoever. And I'm like, I don't know you, man, I'm sorry. Ah, it's okay. I love the show. And I'm like, oh, hey, that's great. You want me to sign something? Yeah, yeah absolutely. That'd be awesome. But yeah, it, it happens and it's kind of surreal. Uh, the the Actually, the day after the show aired, my wife and I, with our daughter, went to Chipotle for a late lunch. And we come, we're done. We come outside, and the car right in front of the door as we exit lays on the horn. And this is Texas, oh and God. I'm a red-blooded American, and I carry something. So I'm reaching as this guy's getting out of his car. <laughs> and, and he points, like, and at the top of his lungs, I know you. And I'm Holy reaching, shit. and I say, I don't know you. Calm down. I'm sorry. I didn't know it was your you, sister. You were on TV last night. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. But I mean, that's it's not how you approach somebody. You don't so lay on the horn so and you, yell. I know you. You shot him anyway. I'm happily married. I did not sleep with your wife. I mean, come on. <laughs> that's hilarious. You know, uh, nothing like that ever happens to a podcaster. I've, uh, but uh, <laughs> I, you know, I'm recently uh, I've been uh, with your success of uh, selling your your Jeep Cherokees here recently. Uh, on Facebook Marketplace, I, uh, I I quizzed you on that after you had put up a a post or a video about selling it. Uh, actually, it was a yeah. video, and um, it sounded it sounded like it was worth trying. So I put our ninety nine XJ not not to be confused with the ninety eight that I drive. It's a ninety nine that my daughter was driving, and we got her a two thousand five Wrangler replace that. But anyway, I put the ninety nine XJ up on Facebook uh, uh, Marketplace, and uh, just recently, just a couple of days ago. I got a message, and you know, I've gotten a hundred messages, and this is uh, Facebook Messenger is what they use to communicate with this stuff. stuff on, I got a yeah. message, uh, and this guy said, uh, "Hey, uh, is the you know the, the button where it says is the uh, is the vehicle still available, or is this still available?" And I respond with yes, and then he, he responds with, "Hey, I listened to the Jeep Talk Show," and I went, oh. "I went, oh, that's great. Well, I'm going to talk to this guy a little more because now I'm going to help promote the show," and yeah. uh, he says. Um, yeah, I listen to the show all the time. They do a great show. And I went, I went, oh, well, thank you for being a listener. And then he goes, wait, is this the Tony? <laughs> yep. And I said, LOL. Yes, it is, quote, the, unquote, Tony. <laughs> That's Tony. That's awesome. <laughs> so it's not honking and not a fear of life, uh, or, of, of limb and life, or, or, or fear of family, but it's close. <laughs> <laughs> Online stalkers are the worst, man. <laughs> oh, we don't call them stalkers. We call them listeners. <laughs> oh, that's okay. There you go. <laughs> so anyway, uh, speaking of uh, selling the vehicles, uh, I, I told you before we got started, uh, you sold two Jeep Cherokees, XJs, here recently, and that means you're going to hell twice. Yeah, that's I've been told. You can't sell a Jeep. It is bad mojo. What in the world? Why in the world would you sell? And one of them is like your baby. You had done oh, yeah. modifications to this thing, bumpers oh, and yeah. all kinds of fun stuff to it. What what brought to, brought you to this lowly state? 
<laughs> I mean, a couple of things. Let, you know, economy is what the economy is. Money yeah. to be nice. I, I want to make sure that you know got enough of a nest egg in case things get worse down the road. We'll right. be okay. And so you know that that's in the back of my mind. the The main reason was, in, in all honesty, after I had my daughter, um, th- they've just sat in the driveway. I have not given them the tender care that they you know need. So I, I felt guilty. I really did. I, I felt guilty that it was just time to let them stop rusting, let them go to somebody that's going to continue to love them and use them the way they need to be used. Uh, that was the main motivating factor. And I, I've been very lucky with one of them. That, and I, I feel it could not have worked out better. Um, I'll backtrack and say the process a little bit, but I'll get to the end here that the one that I got to give my baby to is an awesome guy from Dallas who it was it fell in love with it. He had to sell his Jeep years ago because of a divorce. And he loved mine because just like the one that he had, and he's going to continue working on it and he's going to send me updates. So, you know, we've, we've built a friendship there and that that's a great thing. Uh, so, so the process for me though, I've sold a lot of stuff over the years on Craigslist. So I thought, okay, fine, let's, let's throw them up on Craigslist. And that's actually how I bought both of the Jeeps years ago is through Craigslist. And Craigslist has changed their policy that if you're selling automobiles, it's a $5 fee now. It's no longer free. So, so you can kind of get around it and, and post it in auto parts instead of auto. That's how some people get around it. Interesting. But I, and I tried that and I got a lot of, a lot of feedback, but nothing that was serious. Just, just, you know, goofballs asking questions that are clearly already in the post, you know, <laughs> 97 XJ four wheel drive lifted. And people would text and say, Hey man, is, is this a Jeep? Is it a four by four? Is it a 97? Uh, is it lifted? <laughs> is it for sale? <laughs> exactly. So. All right, enough with this. Let's try Facebook Marketplace because I'd never, I'd never done anything on Marketplace. Right. And that's actually really, you know, as much flack as Facebook gets, and rightfully so. If Marketplace is actually pretty cool. It, 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 it works, is nice. Works pretty decent. Yeah, it is very uh, nice. It is. And so posted that up there, and immediately got a bunch of really good responses. Uh, a lot of people. You know, really wanting to come check it out. So work work schedule had a couple people come over, and I'm always leery about that kind of thing. Yes. Uh, um, but it turns out everybody that came over was actually really nice, and process was really good, and nothing fell through though. You know, I, I was wanting a little more than most people wanting to buy it for probably, but that's my prerogative. <laughs> uh, so this one guy from Dallas texts me and says, "Hey man, I'm really interested." Tells me the whole story. Uh, but I'm in Dallas, so y- you think I can rent a vehicle and then drive it back? I'm like, well, you know, generally it wouldn't be street legal because they're not registered because I haven't been driving them. I'm taking my plates off because I don't want you having all my information. Um, and he's he's like, well, okay, let me let me think about it. And then my wife did some research and found out that I don't know if it's still in effect, but due to all the craziness going on in the world right now and the DPS. Um, or the DMV, I'm sorry, being closed, you could have expired tags. If you buy a vehicle and you have a proof of purchase bill of sale, it doesn't have to be registered. You're still legal. So I pass the information on to the guy. and He's like, oh, that's awesome. So I'm going to rent a vehicle and I'm going to come down in two days. Oh, oh, okay. So he does. And we met at the 
the vehicle rental place and he checked it out. He liked it, turned the vehicle in, took my keys and drove back to Dallas. So it it was really cool. <laughs> it was a good process. So I'm hoping this is a, a good answer to this. Otherwise, we can edit it out. Was he able to make it back to Dallas in one piece? You know, if you... <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll jump ship and go over to my YouTube channel real quick. Um, I did a, vi- a video on the selling of the Jeep uh-huh. and going through that dialogue, I- I'm, I'm mentioning the ex- exact same thing that, you know, he's driving from Dallas and he wants to drive it back. And then I kind of pause and make this weird look into the camera. Like, yes, I love that. I hope yeah. it makes it back. <laughs> <laughs> and it did. It did. It made it just fine. Excellent. Because, I mean, you know, with a Jeep, especially one that's 20-something years old, uh, yeah. you, you can't be 100%. Uh, it, it, I mean, you drive every day. You know how good it is. But that's a long drive. And uh, yes. Cherokees have, especially during the summertime, uh, have a tendency to get hot uh, <laughs> fairly easily with that, that narrow Only little yours. nose that it has. <laughs> so... No, I, I had I had replaced uh, the radiator probably two years ago on it, um, but but you're actually you're absolutely right that you know unless you're driving the thing every day and you're measuring it, there's no way to know. Uh, I drove from here to Austin and back at roughly the same time right after I changed the the um, the radiator, so it, it stayed it stayed cool. So I wasn't worried from that standpoint of. You know, the, the, the parts are new. It, it's right. still good. Yeah. I was worried from, I haven't tested it in two years, so I don't know. Oh, yeah. But very yeah. good point. Yeah, I didn't think about that. But anyway, that's a, that's a long ways to drive with something that's, that's just been sitting there. So, I'm really glad yeah. that he made it. Um, Me too. So, what the one was a 97, and you sold another one, I believe, that was a two-wheel drive. What year was that one? Yeah. So, mine was the 97 lifted, and my wife's is the 01, and it was lifted. Uh, it was only a three-inch lift. Uh, but it, it was only the, the two-wheel rear, rear-wheel drive. Uh, but it was, the selling point for this one was, it was a five-speed manual. And oh, that sucker was nice. Yes. So, uh, were you, I'm really, I'm really surprised. I mean, I've been, been watching uh, the, uh, the prices of, uh, of Jeep, Jeep Cherokees, the XJ models, go up in price, up in price, up in price. Were you surprised at, at what kind of money you could get for, for a vehicle that was this old? Yes and no. Um, our, our mutual friend Matt sold his XJ, I don't know, year, year and a half ago. So I, I knew what he got for his and I knew the amount of work that he put into it. So I kind of ballparked a little bit lower than what he put into his because you know, his had more more work and more features than mine did. Mm-hmm. Uh, and interior on his was leather and automatic seats and all that. I mean, it was, he had a nice, nice Jeep and mine wasn't that nice. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I, I lowered it from there, but yeah, I was, uh, and a couple of the people, when I put posts up and how much it was for, you know, they laughed like, you want how much for that? Sure. I'm like, well, okay. Am, am I, am I wrong? Am I gauging the market incorrectly? Or is this guy just a moron? And it turns out the guys were just a moron. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I, but I would I would have agreed with them initially because you and I both know uh, not not very long ago you could get uh, get uh, decent uh, Jeep Cherokees for a thousand dollars, twelve hundred dollars, maybe fifteen hundred dollars. Well, yeah, that my white one, my ninety seven, uh, I I got it for two. I got it for two thousand, yeah. and it had uh, two hundred and ten or two hundred twenty thousand miles on it, if I remember right. Wow. Um, and it, it was it was the guy that had it before me took phenomenal care of it i don't know how he lived in new jersey 
and wintertime up there, all the, yeah, the salt, salt that goes on the yeah. road, you'd think there'd be some underbody rust. But no, man, it was pristine. So I, I don't know what he did to take care of it like he did. But yeah, I got mine. I got it for two. And I put about four and a half into it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had it for you know five, six years. So deducting the cost of use, I, I pretty much broke even. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, that's great. I mean, and it's, it's something that you would normally, um, the, 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 the low depreciation is something you would normally associate with the Wranglers because Wranglers hold their value, uh, at least in years past, have uh, very well. And it's interesting to see that, you know, since they stopped making the Jeep Cherokee in 2001, that uh, the, and then they're getting rarer and rarer that the price is going up in it. If I had a, if I had the room, I wouldn't sell the '99. I'd, I'd put it in the garage and just keep it out of the sun, and you know, do stuff to it and tinker with it, and maybe drive it a, 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 around occasionally. But we have, right now, we have five Jeeps, and one of them sits in the street, and that's the '99 uh, XJ. Mm-hmm. So uh, we we need to get it off to somebody else that uh, is going to uh, have fun and appreciate it. And I have my Cherokee, so there you go. You um, know, one thing that I think is is helping boost the like the notoriety or the value or whatever you want to call it. I think a lot of people are coming to understand that that inline six oh, yeah. is a monster of a motor. Yes. And I, I don't think too many people really understood what an amazing motor that is. And I think that's kind of gaining traction. So yeah, I, I may be wrong, but in the conversations I've had with people asking a lot of them made comments of, is, is this the one with the inline six, that beast of a motor kind of thing? I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's, that's it. So I think that might be helping the situation. I was just stupid lucky whenever I got the 98 that, that about the 4.0 and even the AW4 uh, automatic transmission. It's a, a long lasting transmission, uh, not mm-hmm. not nearly as much as uh, the 4.0, but, but but very close. So uh, I've got a vehicle that I mean it'll just last for a long time. Put a little money into it and it, it keeps going. So and it's my daily driver. So it's uh, it's something yeah. I use every day, or at least until the uh, this work from home stuff uh, started happening. So you mentioned the YouTube video earlier, and I wanted to talk to you about your new YouTube channel. Uh, and what is the name of the YouTube channel? How would people find it so they they could be doing that while they're listening to this? You go to YouTube.com, and in the search bar, you type in The Mundane Rockstar. So this is uh, from your years in the rock uh, uh, music industry, and uh, obviously. Yes and no. <laughs> um, the, you know, I, my background is, is audio and video production. My, my degree is in audio engineering. I minored in video production. I've been a percussionist and metal rock drummer for, you know, 25, 26 years. So there's a little bit of the showman shot side of me. And anybody that knows me and has interacted with me, I'm a little flamboyant. I'm a little crazy. So there's a little bit of the rock star mentality. But, you know, other people that know me a little bit better, and I'll I'll divulge here. I feel like I know the Jeep community fairly well. Mm -hmm. You, You love and respect me. Uh, I've suffered with depression, anxiety, addiction for you know all of my adulthood. So the the struggles that go through life can can bring you down, man. I don't care who you are. Mm-hmm. So the idea of taking the mundane, whatever the most mundane situation in your life is, but having the moment of clarity in your mind to turn it around and say, "But I'm still a rock star. I'm still a rock star." And live your life, not like an arrogant jerk who's addicted to whatever, but still have that very flamboyant showman 
you know, zest and love for life. So turning those things that are mundane into rock star moments. That's what this YouTube channel is about. And to be honest, I'm, I'm still playing with YouTube because YouTube is a tricky beast in itself of trying to figure out the algorithm, who likes what and, and what kind of content to promote here and there. So right now, there's there's a little bit of everything. There's a variety show going on right now. And it's it's fun just to start creating content, man. I, I love it. I love it. Yeah, you don't know. Uh, like you say, the, the YouTube audience is a, is a fickle beast. Uh, it's it's almost like you sh- you want to get a, a good subscription from a makeup company and do makeup videos uh, if you if you really oh, want to succeed. Oh, that's in the works. Trust me. I'm gonna be, I, there's a makeover <laughs> video coming. <laughs> I saw one that came I've up. got a five-year-old daughter. She's going to put oh, some makeup on this. Perfect. Ugly that's great. <laughs> uh, you guys could do it together. I've, I've seen some uh, memes about that with the, the, the uh, the biker dude, you know, sitting there having tea and he's got makeup on with his uh, with his three year old daughter. Um, yes. <laughs> so, yeah, you don't know. You don't know what's going to stick. And it surprises me uh, seeing a lot of the videos. I was uh, something popped up on my uh, my uh, YouTube uh, feed. You know, you go to home and you can get all these things it picks for you. And yep. uh, it showed some girl with uh, tiger eyebrows. And I went, what the hell is tiger eyebrows? And I, I jumped onto the video and started watching it, and uh, I, I caught her where she was shaving her eyebrows off because she was going to be, I don't know, painting on or something. I didn't watch much of the video. But this is the stuff people are watching, and it's it's so niche. It's it's not anything that a, a, a TV station or a production company would uh, spend their time on. They may in the future because of, of, of what individuals are doing and what they're doing successfully on YouTube. Uh, but it's just so strange seeing this type of stuff. Uh, and yeah, I think I've seen a, a, a very uh, 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 several things that you that you've come up with. I got to ask you. I haven't haven't watched. I didn't want to have any evidence to be held against you in a court of law. Uh, but I saw the <laughs> I saw the the caption of the YouTube video you put up. Is this guy a racist? How yeah. how dare you? Uh, absolutely. Yeah. How dare you even go there? Timing. <laughs> Oh, I know. Yeah. You got to know your audience. That goes with the, I'm trying to play with the algorithm and see, you know, what kind of title, what kind of tag words that that YouTube's going to pull and and see how it reacts. And it's, it's a bit of, you know, it's clickbait. It's obvious clickbait. And if you watch that, it's about a 10 minute, just under, I think it's nine minutes and 30 seconds. Um, I I do. I kind of go through uh, some of the stuff that's going on right now that, that are very touchy subjects. And I try and take the high ground with a lot of it. And I ultimately end with, you know, I, I don't care who you are. I don't care what race you are. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to go with the, the, you know, the the key terms, no matter what side of the aisle you're on with it. It all boils down in the end, man. Love your neighbor. Just love your neighbor. I don't care what color you are. Love your neighbor. And that's, that's kind of what that video is all about. So, yeah, am I a racist? Click it and find out. Because I mean, anybody that's seen me, I'm a white guy with a big red beard. <laughs> And a shaved head. We clearly know where this guy stands. Yeah. No, you don't. No, you don't. So, yeah, I'm, I'm using it. Play it. Play it against me, and and then you may learn something at the end of the video. <laughs> now that reminds me, you said something about clickbait. There was actual video that you uh, that you said it was uh, how I made over eight thousand dollars in one week. Warning: This is clickbait. This, yeah, you don't yeah. put that stuff in at the end, man. If you want to be a success. <laughs> Don't don't put it in there. Don't tell them it's clickbait. Let them make them find out on their own. Of course, that was the and that's the video you guys want to see about uh, if you want to uh, see the video about him selling his XJs. 
is yeah. uh, uh, how I made over eight thousand dollars in one week, and then warning this is sold two jeeps. <laughs> Now, if I could just do that every week. <laughs> yeah. That's not a bad way to go. So that was, uh, that was a pretty funny video. How, uh, just uh, if you don't mind sharing, how are, how are you recording the video? Because you were actually driving uh, in part of that video. Uh, how, how were you actually uh, recording that? Uh, that is just one of the, you know, like a, a suction cup window mount um, and a Joby clamp. Joby is, is a, a product for camera gear. Um, clamp to hold my cell phone at the time, uh, and, and just had it, you know, looking at me. Oh, so and you're it, just using it, your, it moves around a little bit. So you were just using adjust. your uh, your cell phone for the recording of the video and the sound. Yeah, that well, that the video was a the cell phone, and the audio was lapel mic because you're in a Jeep, <laughs> man. You, there's no way you're getting good audio just so, through your phone. So let's. You know, you, your background, audio, video. Let me let's let's talk to the audience. Uh, maybe some, just maybe some people that do Facebook Live or maybe do recording some videos on Facebook. Uh, yeah. Which do you, do you have your do you have your camera as an audio and video specialist? Do you have your camera in a portrait or landscape configuration whenever you record a video? Depends on the application. If if you're gonna do you know, TikTok or Snapchat Very true. or yeah. Instagram, you, you know, the the upright vertical works just fine. But if you're wanting to do something a little more eye-catching, a little more cinematic, you, you want to go with that full landscape. Yeah. The widescreen look. The time that you're putting into this, do you want it to be uh, snazzy, movie uh, ish, uh, even uh, HDTV ish. I mean, these these are amazing things. The electronics that we have now, they're very capable of things. Uh, and and turn the damn phone. <laughs> That's all I'm yeah. saying is yeah. turn the damn phone. It needs to be sideways when you record a video. But you but you're right. There are uh, uh, things out there that you really need to have it in the, the more of the vertical uh, position. Now, uh, let me ask you this. You've already answered it, but uh, what's the what's the uh, the worst thing about a good video, I'll answer, it's bad audio. And you actually went to the trouble of, of, of spending the, and you, and I, I'm not saying this is what you spent, but it's like 30 bucks, people, for a lapel mic <laughs> that you plug into, into the equipment. It doesn't have to be wireless or any of that stuff. And you get the microphone close to you so they can hear your voice. And that's what you did in this video. Yeah, I, I think there's two, two very... Three very important things. First and foremost, though, no matter no matter what you're going to be recording, make sure your content you, you got a good story to tell. Oh, yes, I mean that's that's what holds people right. Be right. be able to tell a story that you have. Then yes, absolutely, your audio quality is is super important. Your video quality is super important. But even even those I'd kind of throw off to the back burner just for the quality of content. But then if you have no way of communicating, your audio quality is horrible, you're not going to be able to tell us an effective story. So yeah, there, you know, there, there are all kinds of different lapel mics. Some are better than others. Um, some are much, much, much more expensive than others. I spent about a hundred bucks on those lapel mics. You can get them cheaper. The cheaper ones, although effective in capturing sound, are, are going to sound very tinny like you're mm-hmm, talking right. into a, an old metal garbage can right um but you can bump it up just a little bit and and get a particular you know Rhodes shotgun mic 
for about 200 bucks. And I'll, I'll, I'll put that thing up against any microphone in the world right now for just cheap-ish, quick, very versatile microphone. I mean, it, it sounds it sounds amazing. So, and but- it, it, a shotgun mic specifically cuts out a lot of the background noise and only gets that focused sound of, of what it's looking at, which is your mouth, your voice. Yeah, good. I was going to ask you, ask you that because uh, a lot of people don't know what a shotgun mic is. I didn't until relatively recently, but basically it, it's just getting it directed directed at you, uh, the speaker, or whoever's talking. So background to, to noise. Nerd out, it's a unidirectional versus an omnidirectional. Right, and uh, <laughs> not a condenser microphone. And condenser microphones are generally horrible from the standpoint of picking up a lot of background noise. They're very sensitive. Yeah. And they some some require external power sources too, so you got to be kind of careful there. Yep, yep. You, you can't just run them off your your phone or or your camera that you're plugged into. So the uh, you've kind of answered this uh, uh, as far as what you're trying to go for here on the YouTube video channel. Do you have an underlying thing? I know you want to find the uh, what what sells, but do you have something other than uh, uh, maybe something specific, some specific place you're going? Uh, with the videos, uh, I know you're trying to show that there's something special in the mundane uh, and, and, and everything, uh, it, it, but is there a, a specific direction you're going with this as far as, uh, it, I, I know it's not going to be knife making, it may, that might be, be included, but is there, are you just uh, just going with whatever you, whatever fits uh, uh, your fancy, I guess is what I'm trying to say at the moment. Yeah, I mean, this is... It's kind of been one of my areas of difficulty just throughout life, basically. It's kind of dialing in. Yeah, this this is going to sound very ego, egotistical of me, and frankly, I don't care. But I, I'm good <laughs> at a lot of things. I really am. Oh, you can see I, that. It's obvious. Yeah, but I'm really good at a lot of things. I mean, I'm again, not trying to sound egotistical, but anybody that changes a career and just sees a YouTube video and says, hey, I want to do that, and is now making a living off of it and won a national television show in less than two years, you know, you, you got a little, okay, you, you, your point's proven. So, my, yeah, obviously, I love knife making. I'm not, I'm not stopping knife making. That's how I'm pulling an income. There will be a lot of knife making in that YouTube channel. That's, that is oh, part of great. my life. I'm That's glad who to hear I am. that. I find that interesting. And the... The other thing is, you know, my, one of my biggest first passions is audio and video. And I've been out of that industry and that game for, man, almost 20 years. My goodness. Somewhere around that. I know I'm getting old. It's crazy. So I want to I wanna jump back in. Let's, let's see where things have progressed. What all have I missed? What all can I learn? How can I up that game? So I'm really, really trying to push some of the cinematography mastering color correction, getting very amazing looking film quality nothings. I mean, I'll I'll let one out of the bag. A project I'm going to do is I'm going to make mowing the lawn look amazing. (laughs) That's, I'm just going to take a a great idea video and I'm going to make a movie out of it Uh, just for fun. Cause you know, who likes mowing the lawn? It's mundane, (laughs) right? But let's make it look like a rock star lifestyle kind of thing. I can see wives all over the United States showing that to their husband saying this is what mowing the yard looks like this is what i want you to do more of exactly (laughs) you'll be hated by hundreds of thousands of men all across the country (laughs) so so to combine everything the knife making the the video 
production skill, uh, the entertainment value of just being goofy. Because I'm I'm a goofy guy, man. I love making people laugh, and if I can do that through this venture, wonderful. So I, the only thing that I figured out thus far how to categorize it all is it's just it's a vlog. I, I'm vlogging, mm -hmm. but with more of a, a cinematic flair. I'm I'm not just a goofy talking head. Um, you know, you know, categorizing what he ate for breakfast today. Well, and you're getting so, out. You're not just in front of a, a static mic, uh, a static uh, camera. You're you're moving around. You're changing the yeah. background. You you got yeah. other things going on, and and you actually involve your daughter in, in some of these videos too. Yeah, I mean that's when I was on the TV show, and and a lot of what I've done since she was born has been focused on doing as much as I can just to give her. A, a variety and and really a, just a, a passion and zest for life. What what can she do? Because that's something that all of us learn as we get older. Is you know I wish I knew that when I was younger because I could have you know blasted myself off into the future so much further. So if I can put that in my daughter of I, I really I really can do anything at a very young age. Then mission accomplished, man. Everything everything's great. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and uh, I was watching a thing about uh, um, um, Elon Musk the other day. He had a horrible mm. childhood, just horrible. And, yeah. and look at what he's doing now. So yeah. can you imagine if you're able to give your daughter that kind of sense of wonder and accomplishment uh, that she can do anything? What she Of course be able I can imagine. Do? No nursing home for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see. We'll see how that plays yeah, out. That's true. <laughs> At least, at least make it a nice one. <laughs> there may be, uh, there may be a book in the works and nursing home and all the whole nine yards. Um, yeah. You never know. You just do the best. And and frankly, I, I've always said I don't care what my kids think of me as long as they're successful. Uh, yeah. If if I raise them and they can take care of themselves and and if a family if they want, then that's going to be the most important thing to me. I mean, I, I want them to be around, but if they're if they're doing good, then that's that's enough enough of the success for me. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. You've got, uh, how many videos do you have out now? It's just a handful, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I think I just uploaded the 22nd one today, I think. Um, and I've only been doing it since April 27th. So just a little over a month, month and a week or so, month and two weeks. So I'm, I think I'm averaging about three videos a week. That's what I'm what I'm trying to get. And I'm not I, trying I to. Found that YouTube uh, YouTube really favors consistency. So if, oh, if yeah. I can stick to a schedule of of three or so a, a week, it, it should help me in the long run. <laughs> so I'm not trying to indicate that you need more content out there. I just want to give people an idea of what they're missing. Uh, that they're, you do have more than like one uh, 15 second video saying, "Hey, is this thing on? Hello, hello." Oh, so yeah, no, no, no. You're, not, so, so you're not getting any of that. So there's some good videos out there that you can check out now. And from what we just heard, you're going to see uh, many more uh, coming up. And, and and we really don't know what they're going to be, uh, uh, what, what they'll be about. So that kind of makes it interesting and exciting. Now, one of the things that you guys did was you uh, celebrated uh, your 50th subscriber. And, and what, took, what it took you, about a couple of weeks to get there? Maybe a week? What was it? 50 was, I think, three weeks. And as of yesterday, we broke a hundred, and I think today we're at one hundred and four. So we're you know we're growing. Not yeah, you know, it's, it's YouTube. It's slow, but a hundred well, subscribers, nothing nothing to laugh at. That's, you gotta, that's cool. You got to find your audience, and or, or rather, they yeah. have to find you. And with so right. many people out there doing videos, 
uh, it, it's really difficult. So if you if you get the, that many people, I mean, you have to think of it this way. It, and this is what I, I tell the guys that uh, work with me on the podcast. The, the number of people that we have downloading the show, think of it if you held a conference or you were going to do a talk in a, in a room and you were booking the, a hotel room or a hotel banquet hall or whatever it's called, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, that hundred people showed up for the talk, you'd be damned impressed. Look at this. We oh, yeah. have a hundred people here to listen to me. And Absolutely. Yeah. So, or even fifty. So, think of it that way. And I think it's great that you guys are celebrating uh, these milestones that you have because it gives a realistic portrayal uh, for other people that might be interested in doing the YouTube things. Is there? Yeah, it, is there a possibility? Honest, I mean, I, I genuinely, I am genuinely grateful for the fifty. Now that I have a hundred, I'm incredibly grateful for a hundred because I, I get, man, time is money. Time is mm-hmm. valuable, and you're investing your time in me so i'm deeply thankful for that so do you uh do you get the feeling that uh you may actually have some how to make youtube videos in your future about the type of things that you do with the audio and video equipment absolutely that's i've got uh i've got a notebook of ideas and that is i think i got three or four breakdowns of of that type of stuff you know the equipment that you need how to use the equipment properly how to write out the idea how to capture that idea, and then actually how to use YouTube. How do you actually upload a video to YouTube? Because there, there is a lot, and you know this, there's a lot more to it than most people know. You got your title, you got your description, and then you got something called keywords, and those keywords right. are very important. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I'll, I'll mention another word that's really important that you're not going to like if you do YouTube videos or really any videos, and that's called editing. Because you yeah, have I to, like it. <laughs> you, you have to. Well, you have to edit stuff out that you were hoping you wouldn't have to le- take out. But you know, b- because of the flow and how long this is, and people aren't going to think this is interesting, and you got to cut it. And uh, I mentioned recently on another interview, it's like cutting your children out of your life because mm-hmm. you spent this time setting this thing up or really enjoyed this this shot or this interaction and it just doesn't fit and you got to cut it and this and you may be able to use it later but frankly you you won't and it's just editing is is horrific but no yeah once you get to once you get down to it and you get the the pace right uh it's easy much easier to do but it's it's very time consuming it may not be for you that's just the way it is for me no no it is i, I don't care how good you are it, it's still time consuming i mean there, there are shortcuts and things that you can do to, to shave time off but it's still time consuming and and to say what you know you're cutting pieces out of it i spent about four and a half hours up in the woodlands on monday getting just b-roll footage to make a minute and a half video <laughs> yes. so all of that footage four hours of footage you pull into your program and you edit four hours of footage down to a minute and a half yes that that, that hurts man of course it hurts <laughs> so I, i'm i'm into drones now since i got a, a mav uh, a mavic mini and i just love the the idea of being able to to look at things from a, a different perspective that I, I i never had that ability to before unless it was a Here dream and i was flying yeah. Uh, or is there drone footage in uh, in your future? Um, I and you you may know well. Obviously, you do. Uh, what the regulations are? Because I know a couple of years ago they said you got to register certain things and you got to clear it with certain people. So I, I don't know if it's just as simple as buying one and throwing it up in the air. It is not. Okay, I got to look into that. But yeah, I love. 
I love drones. I well, love the footage that you can get off of them. Yeah, so you mentioned maybe that's something you and I should talk about. You mentioned B roll and, and and drone footage is wonderful for showing the the area yes. that you're in and, and and so on and so forth. But no, you actually have to uh, get a uh, a license before you can use any of that video commercially, and it's like a twenty five thousand dollar fine if you don't. So you basically have to learn how to be a, a pilot, a private pilot. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So there, there's a guy I watch on YouTube, and he lives in Canada, and he he get he oh some of the footage he gets is amazing, but he their their laws changed, and you really do you have to get you go through the exact same training as a pilot, all their instrument training, all your navigation training, all the the weather training. The only thing that you don't have to go through is physically learning how to pull on a yoke <laughs> to fly a plane. <laughs> That's and he stupid. said, forget it. I'm not, I'm not doing it. I will never fly a drone in this country ever again. Sure. So if you're telling me it's that hard, I, I may just pay you a little something to get my footage. I, uh, <laughs> well, I'm not uh, jumping through those hoops. Yeah. And that's a possibility too, is that uh, you could always uh, reach out to somebody that, uh, yeah. uh, that could do that. And, and drones are so inexpensive now. And yeah. I won't say it's that difficult. I think mainly they, they want you to understand uh, the uh, uh, terminal control area and the levels uh, around airports so that you don't fly in certain areas. and uh, right. so, But it's, it's more difficult than just signing, paying, and then flying. Um, but uh, the nice thing with the, the Mav Mini, Mini that I have, it's under the 250-gram uh, uh, limit, so I don't have to register it. I still can't use it for uh, uh, videos that make money. Uh, but, uh, but I can fly it without having to even register it. So, but I still have to be careful okay. in the areas that I, that I fly it in. Interesting. Okay. So have you left the, the four wheel drive, uh, uh, arena behind, uh, now you're, you've, oh, no. you've sold no, no, your no. four wheel drive, uh, uh, Jeep Cherokee. Do you, are you still in the four wheel drive world? I am, I am in between four wheel drive <laughs> positions. <laughs> <laughs> of course, man, there, there's no way. There is no way you can just be, be a part of the Jeep community, have two Jeeps, and, and go neck deep in it all, mm-hmm. and then just say, no, nah, man, I'm out. That was Yeah, it was fun. I'm done. No, you can't do that. So we may There's be a- seeing some off-road videos uh, in, in the future. Uh, obviously, you have to get a vehicle to, to go off-road or, or go with a friend. Absolutely. Actually, Absolutely. actually, going with a friend's not a bad idea because you have to do all that work with the video and the sound and stuff. Uh, that's kind of the the pisser about trying to do decent uh, off-road videos is you can't have fun and have fun at the same time. Exactly. No, well, that's definitely, definitely in the future. I'd, I'd love to go out and get some, some incredible footage off-roading and let somebody else do the driving and let me capture it on film. That'd I, be great. I did that once with our mutual friend, Matt, that you mentioned earlier uh, and yeah. uh, rode with him in that XJ that he sold uh, and uh, was uh, collecting some some footage from some cameras, uh, not GoPros, but similar to that, and setting them up at different places on his uh, on his Jeep to get shots. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah. Um, so let's let people know. Uh, we've mentioned uh, the where they can find you on YouTube. Let's let's mention that again, uh, so that people can go over there and uh, watch the videos that you have up there. Yeah. Go to YouTube.com in the search bar. Just type the mundane rock star. And it should be the first one that pops up. You're going to get a logo. It's a little flame in the background with an M and an R. And that's it. And we'll have that in the show notes, of course. And, and we'll put the logo up as well so people will be able to recognize that. Uh, and I th- you probably know this, but I, I don't recall the requirements. I think you have to have a certain number of uh, uh, videos or a certain number of subscribers. Yeah. But you can actually change that so that you can have 
youtube.com slash mundane rockstar and it's much yeah, easier the, to the process of becoming monetized a thousand subscribers and four thousand hours of video watch time yeah fortunately so, i got in go on subscribe that. i'd appreciate it <laughs> yeah uh fortunately i got in on that before uh before that was a, a requirement for monetization uh we, we we got demonetized because we don't you know who, who wants to watch talking heads uh and uh but uh, but we, we we have the the jeep talk show for for our youtube thing which i'm glad we got that because it's a the, yeah. a lot easier than that uh, alphabet soup that you have to tell people to go find uh yep. so are you are you on the instagram are you on the social media like the facebook and the stuff how about pinterest uh, tell the tell the kids that love all those things that how, how they can find you yeah uh, i'm on instagram uh, I got two different ones for the knife making. It's at Be Ready Blade Works for the YouTube. It's at The Mundane Rockstar on Facebook. Same thing. Be Ready Blade Works, Mundane Rockstar. Um, I'm I don't know how. Am I ashamed? Am I adventurous? I don't know. I'm on TikTok. <laughs> so. Is that the Same thing? thing, at Mundane Rockstar. Is I'm that, on TikTok. Is Let's that the one like where those. you swipe right or swipe left? I don't know nothing about no TikTok. <laughs> yeah, it's, you swipe up and down and you take pictures of yourself in a mirror, wiping it with some Windex. I don't know. I got nervous there. I thought I was going to edit something out. Um, no. so, <laughs> <laughs> so that's great. So you can find uh, you can find Philip uh, at all those locations. And, and, and I remember the, the website. I remember this because it's Be Right Back West Texas. It's BRBWTX.com. And uh, I saw that, and it was like, be right back, West Texas. <laughs> so you can also go over there. Man, there's some beautiful knives uh, over there, and all handmade. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong on this, Philip. You're not uh, you're not uh, subbing out to China or anything yet, right? They're all handmade no. knives. <laughs> every every single bit of my knives come from the United States, and three quarters of it all comes from here in Texas. I get my steel from a the the, the best supplier you can get in New Jersey. Um, th that, in my opinion, is the best steel in the world. He sources amazing quality steel, and then the rest of it it's handmade here in Houston. Uh, and I get my some of my handle materials. If I don't make them myself, I get them from another guy here in Texas, um, Terry Dunn. Uh, TNT Enterprises. That guy makes some phenomenal handle material. So go over there and look at some of the, some of those knives. I don't know if you still do it or not, uh, but you, you can do custom knives as well, right? I do absolutely. The, there's a, uh, a you know reach out to me and we'll discuss what you want to get. Um, but there I've got a custom deposit tab on there. So if you wanted to secure a deposit and, and getting something started, you're more than welcome to do that. And I just posted I think six or seven new photos of new blades uh just two days ago so there's there's some new stuff on there as we speak and, and i'll just throw this out there uh some of you enterprising uh people out there you might uh, depending on the number of knives and quality and stuff that uh, that you want you might be able to trade uh, philip a jeep for it because uh he, he'd like to <laughs> have I'm in one. the market <laughs> <laughs> Philip, thanks so much for being with us again. And uh, if you uh, if, if you haven't heard the the prior uh, interviews with uh, Philip, go back, do a search on uh, JeepTalkShow.com and a little search box there from the website. And uh, certainly you can find Philip with uh, Be Ready Blade Works. Uh, 
and uh, listen to some of those other uh, uh, other interviews, especially the ones about uh, the knives. So always an interesting subject. It's a it's a manly man type of thing. Knives. I mean, women use them too, but uh, boy, it's just uh, knives are just so cool. You get and you have to have a good knife. If you're if you're a jeeper, yeah. you yeah. need a good knife with you. And and uh, boy, a, a handmade one that's going to last forever. Uh, that's the way to go. I think. I appreciate that. All right, Philip. Thanks a lot, and uh, we'll be uh, watching you on YouTube and uh, uh, going to your uh, your website at uh, brbwtx be ready play works, uh, uh, dot com uh, and uh, salivating over your knives. <laughs> I appreciate it very much. Thanks for having me again. Thanks again to Philip, the mundane rock star on YouTube, and of course, Forge and Fire winner Be Ready Bladeworks for taking the time to talk about his YouTube channel. Just go to YouTube and search for The Mundane Rockster and be sure and subscribe. Check out Philip's handmade knives at brbwtx.com. The link for both the YouTube channel and Be Ready Bladeworks will be in our show notes at jeeptalkshow.com. Yeah, I always like, uh, as soon as I saw that uh, the website uh, when we were doing the Be Ready Bladeworks uh, interview, uh, I don't know, a few months ago, uh, I, I went, that's Be Right Back, West Texas. That's. <laughs> <laughs> I think so, you could sub quite a few things for that. Though. Yeah, BRBWTX. So uh, it's yeah. really easy. And, and Philip makes some great knives. And here's, he's here local uh, to, to me. And, uh, oh, that's nice. Yeah, he just recently started the, the Mundane Rockstar uh, uh, YouTube channel. And he's got a, you'll hear in the interview, uh, hang on. So go over there and, uh, and check it out. It was a lot of fun talking to Philip, as it always is. Hey, do you have an idea for a guest? Do you work in the off-road industry or know someone who does? Or maybe you'd like to be a guest on the Jeep Talk Show. Go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact right now and share your idea for our next great guest. And coming up next week, Sean Holman, creator and co-host of the Truck Podcast. You won't want to miss this interview. What? Where's the noob? Noob! 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 Hey, noobie! Noobie! Noob Nugget. It's time for Noobie Nuggets. Well, we just got back from an eight-day trip on the back of a Harley-Davidson motorcycle, and I know several listeners have asked for some background info on us hosts, so I decided to give you all a glimpse into something my husband and I do when we're not working or jeeping. We just did over 2,600 miles in eight days, which is a lot less mileage than our normal three to 4,000-mile trips we do. Now, my dad's been riding for over 25 years and has just over 650,000 miles, or just over a million kilometers if you're tracking it that way, on seven different bikes riding through 49 states of this great country, Canada, and Mexico. We have ridden with my dad on four trips over the past two years, and we love traveling this way. The condensed version of this trip is the first day we rode to Vegas, the second day we rode into Utah where we stopped at Zion National Park and Bryce Canyon National Park. The following day was up beautiful Highway 12 to Capitol Reef National Park, Arches National Park, and we stayed in Moab. We then rode south to Sholo, Arizona, which took us down through the Navajo Nation where there's not much to see but desert and the occasional wild horses running down the side of the highway. The following day was a ride to our friend's home to Albuquerque. The ride was pretty exciting due to the 40-50 mile an hour winds from the south as we headed east. About, about 100 miles of this was enough for a lifetime, I can tell you that for sure. <laughs> the following day, we rode up to the top of Sandia Peak Mountain in Albuquerque, which is just over 10,000 feet, and it overlooks all of the Albuquerque area. We then went on to Santa Fe and finally made our way back home to Albuquerque for one more night at our friend's home. 
And from there, we took two days to get back home. Now, this trip was supposed to be a Harley-Davidson hog rally uh, along the Coronado Trail or what used to be called the Devil's Highway. But with all the COVID issues, Harley-Davidson canceled the rally. We checked with all the hotels where we had reservations. They were all open and they were, there were places to eat. So we decided to go even though the rally had been canceled. Now, I always plan stops in between destinations to see wonderful treasures, national parks, monuments, places of interest, etc., instead of just riding from point A to B. It makes for a much more interesting time, and Bill loves the adventure. On our first trip with my dad, we were, went to Spearfish Canyon in South Dakota, and we saw Mount Rushmore along with some other things. And it's pretty spectacular. And as we made our way back home over several days, one of our stops was in Buffalo, Wyoming, to visit the Occidental Hotel. It's the oldest continuously operating hotel in Wyoming, and it's been restored to the way it was back at the turn of the last century. On another trip we did to Washington and Oregon, we stopped at the world's largest fish ladder in Wenatchee, Washington, on the Columbia River. I'm just so amazed at how each state offers different things to see and do, and quite frankly, there's a lot within your own backyard. There are gems everywhere. You just have to search for them. Now, being on the back of the bike is freeing to me. I consider myself a professional passenger and also photographer. I have no plans of ever riding my own bike. No driving for me. Plus, I love looking around and just being in the moment. I also blog about it to several friends and post it on Facebook each night of our trip for people to follow along. And we just started an Instagram account and we'll be uploading this trip in a series of posts. And then I got to thinking that the trip we took could have been taken in a Jeep. Why not? Tammy talks about the Jeep life on her blogs all the time, and it doesn't have to be in an intense trail. There will be times when you just want to take a vacation to see parts of this country, and why not do it in a Jeep? So my suggestion is you can do it on two wheels or you can do it on four. So, guys, do you have exactly. any adventures you want to share? Oh, Tammy's got a well, lot of them. Yeah, <laughs> I, I do have a lot of them. Um, but I think you're so right. Everybody gets fixated on you have to have lockers and big tires and your Jeep to go over this rock. And But there's just so much more out there in there every is. state, in every area to see yeah. that's so interesting. The ghost towns and on the East Coast, you have, you know, the the witches in Massachusetts and you have Acadia National Park in Maine and all these adventures can be taken in your Jeep. And the yeah. great thing is you, you never know what's going to happen out on the road and you never know what uh, weather or, mm -hmm. you know, nope. earthquakes or anything like that. So what better uh, vehicle to be in than an off-road vehicle so that you can get out of those situations? Right. Uh, and uh, not that a motorcycle wouldn't be a blast. I imagine that that com completely open air environment. I got to ask, though, Wendy, how do you keep from getting burned? You mean as in the sun? Oh, or Yes. Touching. Yeah. Oh, no. Well, first off, you're complete. We're completely covered. I mean, we've got chaps on jackets. Um, they're vented jackets so you can handle the weather. We've ridden in cold. I think the lowest we've ridden was about 32 degrees. We were in um, in uh, Montana one time. There's uh, the highest we've been in, believe it or not, was 124 degrees when we did a ride oh out to God. Julian, California. Yeah, we just about died. I said to my <laughs> husband, you know, I think there needs to be a heat limit, like maybe 105 to 110 is where I'm going to max out. Um, but we also have things called wet vests and, and equipment. The wet vests are neat because you wet them and they act like air conditioning. So kind of like the old bags on the old cars, you know, that you would put the water in and it would help to keep them cool. Um, so we do that. So are, we have helmets. And of course, if there's anything exposed, you just put sunscreen on. So we don't tend to get burned riding because we Good. kind of prepare for that. So Good. But, 
Um, another thing I like to mention is the Jeep Badge of Honor, because there are these Jeep trails, and some of them are for stock vehicles all over the country, and this Jeep Badge of Honor app, you can download it, and the map shows you where all these trails are. Mm-hmm. They need a Harley badge of uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly of honor. Although you wouldn't I mean, have as many places to put it. You know, when I when I think about my dad, that's six hundred fifty thousand miles. Think about that. I mean, I think Bill and I have done probably twenty five thousand so far in the four trips we've done with him. I mean, it's just amazing that what you can see and do, and how many stops you can make, and and just seeing mm-hmm. this country at a different thing. So whether you're in a jeep or you're on the back of a bike, it's um, it's really get out there, do it. I always try to tell people in my little blogs that it's really about a journey. You know, start with one location, go find something within your own backyard, go say, I'm going to go check out this particular area and go do it. It's one day you're back home. And then eventually you get excited and you say, let's plan an overnighter. And before you know it, you're planning a trip and you're out for eight days. It's just really amazing. So whether it's two wheels or four wheels, just do something, get out, go see what this country has to offer. It's flipping amazing so. so so i know the harleys break down a lot did you guys have any problems with the with the no, motorcycle itself we don't really have any breakdowns when you're maintaining the bike and you're taking care of it you're you know it's good i mean you have everything on board so you just i don't know you deal with it it's not a big deal so but i do want to make one funny comment related to our show a couple of weeks ago we talked about the renegade i cannot believe how many of those darn things i saw <laughs> on the road and I don't understand the the uh, the back lights, the, the lights. What's with the X's? Is that like I'm dead? Come help me! What does the oh, X mean? Yeah, in the it needs lights? a little mouth with a tongue hanging out of it in the back. I don't get it. <laughs> I mean, here I'm on the back of the bike and I want to go. I go, oh my gosh, another renegade! And I'm like, look at the lights. What is with the back lights? I don't get that. So anyway, side note. <laughs> so uh, one of my concerns about uh, motorcycles on uh, uh, paved roads and uh, especially mm-hmm. highways is the the danger to the the motorcycle, uh, the people riding the motor motorcycle did you guys have any issues any close calls any people pulling over in front of you pulling out in front of you uh is that uh, not a common thing it is something to be aware of uh one of our trips we had somebody pull out and and bill is quick enough to figure that out it's obviously something that goes through your brain before you take a trip and you Mm -hmm. say your prayers and you know hope for things but uh the un the other side of this whole COVID issue is that there wasn't hardly anybody out so we pretty much had parks to ourselves, uh, places to go, roads were less traffic. Um, and it's really just being smart and riding and being aware and keeping your head on a swivel, as we call it. So sure, it is sure. something you have to be thought of. So Yeah. I, I mean, I think the I haven't ridden motorcycles very much, but the, the time that I did, it was just a, a lot of fun, that hope and, the whole open air thing. And, oh. and, you know, very much like being in a, a, a Wrangler with no doors and uh, no top, yes. but, but not exactly because it, it is a bit different uh, being on yeah. a motorcycle. But uh, it, it's close to that, and I always like um, I've, I've said this before. My brother-in-law has a uh, has a motorcycle, and we're always concerned about something bad happening to him on that motorcycle. Sure. And I, I told him, I said, "Man, you just need to get you a Wrangler and take all the tops and the doors off. Now you got a little protection, and there you, you go, the, and you have the open <laughs> air. So yeah, uh, yeah. So I think that's a great idea. Not not to take away from from y'all's adventure and what oh, you no. do. I am a little not. surprised with your your dad having so many uh, miles under his belt on a motorcycle that uh, you don't want to be a driver yourself? You know, um, I just, I I love driving the Jeep, love spotting, but I just, for some reason we started, I was on the back and I love taking the photos. I like 
thinking. I have my own thoughts. I don't know. It's so peaceful. Yeah. It's really enjoying the journey and having that openness. I can look up. I can see clouds. I can see birds. I can see all kinds of landscape. You know, the driver is focusing on forward. He, you know, occasionally Bill can look sideways or whatever. He has to be careful. And, you know, being a passenger in this instance, you know, and I have to be fairly still. I don't make any sudden movements and things like that. And I'm just very relaxed back there. So for me, I'm very happy and I've just labeled myself that professional passenger and I'm good with it. So so I've noticed that uh, Bill has uh, joined us in the, uh, the the Zoom room. Oh, did he? Yeah. Good. So uh, he, he's uh, one, of the, or one of our Zoom people tonight. So I'm going to ask you, uh, if if you did want to drive, would uh, Bill sit behind you? Would he be a passenger? I think he would. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, something else I didn't mention is that we have these um, headsets called Senna's and we all oh, three of us are, are hooked in together. Yeah. So we can talk. Um, we can share music if we wanted, but it's nice to have that conversation. And I think for my dad, it's even better because he's ridden most of those miles by himself or with other groups, oh, but not having communication. That. Yeah, he, but, you know, and it's so nice to have that relationship. And you know, get done with the ride, and my dad's like, you know, this was just a really good ride. And we laugh and we giggle. And about three o'clock when we're doing long days, you know, we might ride between three and four hundred and fifty or four hundred and eighty miles a day, depending on what we're doing. That's a lot of miles on the back of a bike and oh, you yeah. have to stop occasionally. And about three o'clock or three thirty, one of us gets a little punchy and something'll be said. It's not even funny enough to repeat to anybody. It's not hilarious. Mm-hmm. But at the time, we are rolling to the point where we almost have to stop because we're laughing so darn hard. So it's a good time, it's a good adventure. But yeah, my my dad rocks for sure. So. My uh, my wife calls those location jokes because you had to be there. Um, oh, I like that. <laughs> that's a yeah. good idea. Yeah. I was like, a location <laughs> joke? You know, and you, oh, yeah, that makes sense. So, yeah, yeah I've always remembered that, that one. That was really funny whenever she told that's, me that the first time years ago. You know, I was also perfect. thinking, too, uh, as men get older, they have to go to the bathroom more often. So, there's there's probably not as much angst about, we got to stop again. Didn't you just go 600 miles ago? So... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's funny what my dad did, and he's figured it out. Um, you probably average about 50 miles an hour on the bike, depending on the road you're taking and what you're doing. Um, with that in mind, about every 100 miles, he says you got to stop, whether you need to or not. So we yeah. just fuel up about every 100 miles. It is nice to get off, stretch your legs for a little bit, and you're right back on the road. And it does make a huge difference. So that is something that we're utilizing his knowledge of all those years of how to kind of do it and make it comfortable for everybody. So. But yep, if you got to go, you go every hundred miles. So I think we all remember uh, the uh, the movie Forrest Gump, and whenever he was doing his run across America, you they made a point to show these wonderful vistas and and mm-hmm. uh, sunrises and sunsets. Oh. I, I would assume that you guys don't uh, really ride at night, but do you actually get out there at, at maybe sunrise and and you know ride with the sunrise for a bit? Yeah, we we have. We try to get up and be out of there by seven. So we see a little bit of that depends on which way we're going and what we're doing. Mm -hmm. There were a couple of trips where we had some issues. Uh, My dad had a flat tire and we had to be towed back 300 and some miles. We were in the middle of nowhere. And Bill and I were riding um, in the dark about nine o'clock through Salt Lake City. That was not fun. Yeah. Um, You know, so that part we did get to actually see a sunset, which was stunning. But um, there are times that you're going to see that, and you know it just depends on your day and what your plans are. You know, that you get to see that, but it is it's just unbelievable. Well, I'm really looking forward to the uh, the Instagram uh, uh, that you're going to be setting mm-hmm. up, and I'm really surprised you hadn't done that before because I can well imagine that you have some really interesting pictures from uh, trips past. So yeah, we we just kind of were faulting a little bit behind, but we're going to kind of combine it with Jeep and 
um, Harley. So we'll be pushing the show and the podcast and promoting all of that as well. So, so it'd be great. Have, I'm sorry. Did you say you you're going to set it up or you have set it up? If no, you, we haven't set it up. We just haven't posted yet. <laughs> okay. I was, is, can you, can you, you know the name? Oh, yeah. Can you share it with us? Yeah. We're going to call it Jeep Harley tactical. Ah, okay. Excellent. Well, someday, uh, we, someday we may get into the tactical part of it right now. It's just Jeep and Harley. Yeah. Well, I guess if enough, enough people drop, pull out in front of you, then it'll be more tactical. Well, driving tactically, yes, both in the Jeep and the motorcycle, <laughs> oh, absolutely. That's not what I was thinking. <laughs> Reach out and let us know your newbie story or if you have a topic or suggestion for newbie nuggets. And if you want more info, check out my YouTube channel at Jeep411 with more tips, tricks, and techniques. From the mind of Nikki G. Hey, this is Nikki G. And uh, I just got to say... Uh, Good hearing from Dan again. Uh, Dan, not a lot of people notice, but on his podcast or his website, he has one of the best chili recipes I've ever had. It's a four by four chili recipe. I'm, hold on a second. I'm going to ask him. It's Sir Crapsaw. He's got a question. We'll get to that in a minute. And uh, Tammy, I got to tell you that uh, I missed you out on the trail this spring. In a second, buddy. Uh, I still wear that red Jeep or black Jeeps are sexy sticker you put on my jeep like a badge of honor <laughs> all right I'm, I'm gonna ask him now okay so craps has a question uh, he wants to know if anybody knows the answer to why the chicken crossed the road because henry is stupid yeah no one's laughing oh no. not even josh <laughs> what yeah, happened to henry it's funny, but it's, it's really not it's kind of sad all right boys oh. and girls i'll uh, chat you later and you have a good one bye <laughs> Nikki, Nikki G loves his animals. <laughs> oh, I hope Henry's okay. Oh, I bet you Henry's just fine. Henry, Henry will probably out, uh, outlive them all. You must have needed this every day. I need it. It's the Deep Talk Show's must-have stuff. Pick of the week for your Jeep. You know, even if you're not anticipating going off-road, I think it's a good idea to have a set of rock sliders on your Jeep. The cost, yep. yeah, the cost of repairing a rocker panel or the bottom part of your door will be much higher than that set of sliders. Save yourself some money and give your Jeep that added protection. Now, I'm going to talk to you about the Tiger, that's T-Y-G-E-R, uh, Auto uh, Star Armor Kit, which is uh, just a set of sliders. Uh, it will fit the 2007 through 2018 Jeep Wrangler JK four-door. Now, this excludes the 2018 Wrangler JL models. The dual girder system provides maximum wheel-to-wheel protection for underside and rocker panel area for, from damaging impacts. Keeps Jeep from catching on rocker panel and hanging up on obstacles. It has a heavy-duty 2-inch diameter, that's 0.120-inch wall thickness tubes. It's a one-piece design, dual-stage, powder-coating, uh, textured black finish. It's easy bolt-on installation. There is no drilling required. Uh, I'm sure some of you guys are rolling your eyes and saying, ah, that cheap Chinese knockoffs again. Well, I agree with you. And if you want some great American-made sliders, one of the companies I have purchased uh, from is JCR Off-Road. They have a set of sliders for the JKU that is three-sixteenths of an inch thick. The others are about an eighth of an inch thick. Uh, and uh, it's uh, $4.99 shipped. 
If you're planning on uh, beating the hell out of your Jeep, I highly recommend JCR. Oh, and for the uh, added bonus of having heavy-duty sliders, no more door dings. In fact, the you can check out the doors of the vehicles next to you and look where they've chipped their paint, slamming their door into your beefy sliders. Yeah, nice. sometimes life is good. And just to compare prices, you can get these uh, 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 Tiger uh, sliders from Amazon for $279. If you're a Prime member, that's free shipping. And it's a little, it's about an eighth of an inch thick. It's a, just a hair under an eighth of an inch thick uh, uh, thickness for the tubes. And uh, the JCRs for $499, you get a full 3 sixteenths, which, which is really what I would want to go with. But, you know, you choose. Either one of these is going to protect your rockers and your doors and is going to take an impact from those uh, door dings. So, uh I, I can't say good, enough good things about JCR. They really do make good stuff, and I highly recommend you go over there and look at it. But uh, either one of these is going to uh, help protect you. Wendy, what do you uh, what do you use for sliders on your Jeep? Uh, we have the uh, Genrite Rock Sliders. You remember um, how much li- those were? I don't. Um, Bill might be able to tell us later on. But I, I know that what I like about them is that they wrap around and underneath to the underneath panel so there's no chance of other things getting caught mm-hmm. and they do stick out a little bit could give you a little lift for a foot to get in kind of a deal but um they're just really nice and they 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 do bolt to the frame um but i don't know we like them we've had great success and it kind of helps the way they're angled when you're sliding on a rock or trying to go over something you, you do literally slide you don't get stuck and hung up so have we're you, happy with these have you guys ever used them as pivots so, like, if it's a rock and, sure. and then you actually use the uh, the slider to pivot the Jeep around. because Absolutely. You, yeah. Yep. A lot of, I, I didn't realize that about the about the sliders. And that's one of the reasons why you want sliders that are, are thick tubing so that they don't mm-hmm. bend, that they can literally take the, 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 the weight and the power of the, uh, of the Jeep and, and not bend or, or crack or break. Um, and, and very importantly, you mentioned about, you know, it just slides over it. You folks that are getting these, uh, the, I don't think they're actually called sliders. I think they're called sidesteps. But if you're getting, oh. getting something that looks like a slider but has sidesteps, it's not what you want, I guarantee you. Because, yeah. Wendy, what do sidesteps do for you? Uh, they, well, they don't do anything except get caught and hung up, and then you got to back the Jeep up back and figure out how to get out of that mess. Yeah, and wonder, <laughs> wonder why in the world you needed those things. And, and I, I, I really think that most people don't even use those steps to get in. Uh, there's no, you don't, you don't need anything to get up in a Jeep. I mean, it would really have to be high. My wife is uh, five foot two and she's, uh, uh, has a four inch lift on her Jeep and on 33s and she reaches, uh, grabs the, uh, Oh shit handle and pulls herself up mm-hmm. and, uh, gets in and then getting out. It's really easy. You just got to remember to get both legs out. Otherwise, uh, your uh, foot will get caught and you'll go down. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think too, those steps, I think people think they need them and when they first start out. Yeah. But if you start to do any kind of, you know, say medium to, you know, extreme trails, you're going to discover that you do need to protect the body a little better. And so get going with it in the beginning and getting a good pair of rock sliders is going to be huge for future damage. And lack like, of future and, damage. And in the, the Jeep manual, if you buy a Sahara, the plastic side steps that are on the Sahara in the Jeep manual, it says, if you go off-roading, you have to take those steps off. Oh, good to know. Nature will do it for you as well. <laughs> yeah, <very laughs> yeah there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like I was saying earlier, uh, you, you may not 
like like going using the Jeep to go uh, on these adventures like you were going on, uh, Wendy. It's nice having the Jeep because you never know what you're going to uh, come across. Uh, earthquakes, right. natural disasters, so on and so forth. So even if you're thinking, I'm not going to take my Jeep off-road. I just want something that helps me step up into the Jeep. I like the way the steps look and stuff. That's all fine and good, and you can certainly do that. But remember, you may actually be in a situation some point in your life where you're going to need to use that Jeep as a Jeep, and it's going to cause you problems because you have those sidesteps. My opinion is there is absolutely no reason for sidesteps on a Jeep. Uh, now, if you're driving a uh, one of the brodozers that's lifted uh, 24 inches, eh, yeah. you, might, you might need a step because you really don't have to worry about hanging much stuff up on, on, on one of those things. <laughs> but uh, for a Jeep, don't do it. That's my, yeah. my Jeep talk show recommendation of the day. Don't go with sidesteps on a Jeep. There you go. And I second that. Now that you must have your Tiger Star Armored Sliders, I hate those words that together just doesn't make any sense, uh, we'll make it easier for you. Just go to jeeptalkshow.com and look for the link in the show notes for episode 441. Well, Josh, you've dyed your hair blonde. Well, that's not <laughs> Josh. That's Wendy or Tammy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm not feeling very secure out here in the woods with uh, with two females. You guys, you guys might. Uh, oh you, Lord! Either one of you guys got a roll of duct tape on there. You're gonna Lord, Lord. tie me up to a tree or something. <laughs> yeah, purple duct tape. Purple duct tape. Ooh, purple. I like it. They make it on all colors, don't they? Yes, yeah, they do. Designs. Mm-hmm. All right. So tonight we're going to talk about. We've got our Zoom people here with us tonight. So uh, if you guys would like to join in on the campfire side chat, let's go over to jeeptalkshow.com. And uh, you can look and get information about how to find out. But I'll tell you a little secret. All you have to do is uh, subscribe or follow us on uh, Facebook, Jeep Talk Show, and watch for the announcement. You'll also get a little tidbit about what we're going to, a little uh, idea of what we're going to talk about in the Campfire Side Chat. And uh, we've got several extra people uh, around the campfire tonight, and we'll be uh, calling on them momentarily. First off, uh, Tammy, uh, did you lift your Jeep? I know you did, but did you lift your Jeep? And if so, why did you want to hire Lyft later? Um, yes, I lifted my Jeep, but however, I spent two years wheeling it stuck and I lifted it because I got tired of being little baby Jeep and I wanted, (laughs) (laughs) and I actually wanted to do more difficult trails, but now as I've done these more difficult trails and seen other Jeepers who, um, wheel, you don't necessarily always have to lift your Jeep to be able to do these difficult trails. It's all about your ability to pick a line um however i like my jeep lifted just because i like being the big badass looking jeep <laughs> <laughs> so are you, are you saying that really the lift uh, you uh, other than just the feeling you get driving it like that are you saying that uh, you could have just been perfectly fine leaving your jeep not lifted oh uh, probably not because i don't want i wouldn't want to like scrape it up as badly as it could could have been scraped up um, but I know those little Willys Jeeps, the the early Jeeps, the CJs and the YJs, they are so capable of doing things that you would be shocked. Just go on YouTube and do Willys uh, Rubicon Trail. These Jeeps are kicking butt on those trails. So you don't have any wish to go with a larger lift now? No, absolutely not. I'm okay, fine good. With where it's at, yeah. So, Wendy, how about you? Uh, I'm pretty sure that you guys lifted your Jeep, uh, but uh, do do you want to go with a higher lift? 
Well, I think I'll defer that to Bill if he wants to go higher. Ours is lifted. So why don't we ask Bill? He's on the Zoom call tonight. All right, Bill, thanks for joining us and being one of our Zoom people. So uh, question to you, did you lift your Jeep? And if so, uh, why did you want to go with a higher one? Uh, it's a three and a half inch lift. I guess that's what four inches in the rear or four inches in the front, three in the rear. and They just average that out. But it's good enough. I don't know that I'd necessarily want to go higher because it just raises the center of gravity. Uh, so a, a four inch lift with 37 inch tires gets me enough ground clearance to go over most of what I need uh, to get over. Uh, you know, you've got the guys out there now with the big 60s axles and 40s and, you know, what used to be a black diamond trail to you now is just like uh, a walk in the park. So yeah i lifted it it's fine don't need it lifted any higher um i'm not one of those small crawlers that are compensating for something <laughs> <laughs> well good yeah. enough so uh but you yeah. i'm sure you've run across those situations where people put multiple lifts on their their vehicle they'll go with something maybe a two inch uh maybe it's just a leveling kit and then they go out there and do some uh, some off-roading, and then they go, you know, I need bigger tires. Well, if you're going to have the bigger tires, you're going to need more uh, uh, fender clearance, and you're either cutting or you're lifting. So uh, that's why the, the two lift kits come in, in, into the uh, the picture more often than not. I always that's tell people, true. I always tell people, uh, I, I know that's what you what you think, but I would add another inch or two inches to that lift. Uh, it's going to save you money in the long run. Yeah, and well, and sometimes it's just an expense because a two-inch or a leveling kit is reasonably inexpensive, and you can do it in your driveway. Yep. Uh, you know, you get into some of the other lifts, three-and-a-half to four-inch lift, it's a lot of work. There's more to it than just throwing in springs. Yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, I, I actually fell asleep in the garage uh, doing my wife's uh, four-inch lift. It took me two days, and uh, <laughs> I uh, at one point, I was just laying out there about 10 o'clock at night, and just laying there, and it's like, ah. I'm going to rest for a second. And I slept for probably 15 minutes. <laughs> Gosh. Yeah, it's oh dear. a lot of work. <laughs> so let's jump over to uh, Chip. Chip, uh, did you uh, did you lift your Jeep? And uh, if so, did you uh, want to go with a higher one or did you go with a higher one? Well, so, yeah, I my Jeep's lifted. Um, and I, so I got this Jeep. It's a, it's a 2014 JK rubicon and i bought it with a lift on it thinking i was that was you know check that box off right right i've got the, the lift on but i didn't look at it close enough and the previous owner hadn't maintained it uh it was actually not a good install on it um and so i quickly decided i was going to upgrade and i i went with the same height it's got a three inch lift on it um and it's got 37s the I can clear the the wheels can clear now because I've got the high clearance fenders. I took their you know the stock fenders off. Um, I did shave around the rear wheel well a little bit just if I get articulated a lot to give me more clearance. But mm -hmm. um, so I went yeah. I mean I I don't know whether we should do commercial messages, but I went to the TerraFlex lift kit and they were great to work with, um, and I'm really pleased with it. I've off-roaded it three times since I've put it on now and. Um, the clearance though, is the reason that I did the lift. It's sure. not for look, uh, you know, having gone to some off-road events, I do the Jeep Jamborees and, and other club events where I'm going into some rock gardens and just watching the stock hype Jeeps, you know, they get, sometimes they get turtled or it's just not enough clearance for the differentials. And 
it's just a lot more capable having a three inch lift and, and, and the bigger tires, uh, that, and if you're running in ruts, uh, you, oh, know, yeah. you don't bottom out yeah. and hang up. I, my previous Jeep was a 2005 TJ and it only had a, about a two and a half inch lift on it. It came with 35s on it, but they just like big wheels. I, I didn't like the way it handled. I went back down to 33s and, you know, some, some mud train tires and, and it was very capable, but that TJ with the transfer case hanging down so low, that shovel down there would just dig in. And I knew I wanted something taller than that. And that's one of the reasons I traded was for more clearance underneath. Right. And of course, we'll remind everybody, the reason why you put big tires on is not to make it look cool. That's a side benefit. It's to get those differentials up higher so that you can clear more things on the ground, less things yep. to hang you up on. Definitely. All right, so uh, let's jump over to Chris. Chris, uh, do you uh, do you have a lift on your Jeep, and uh, uh, when are you going to the second, uh, the next highest one? I do. I've got a two-inch AEV spacer lift. Uh, I put on about sixty-ish thousand miles, so I use the stock suspension and tires up, and put spacer lift, fresh springs in it, and uh, a little bit larger tire. I'm happy with the two-inch lift. Um, certainly maybe looking to refresh the springs soon and uh, go with more of a suspension, take out the spacers and go with it, just a taller spring, mm-hmm. get away yeah. from the shock extensions. Uh, but uh, two inches is good. Good for me. Uh, 33 inch tire. It gives a little more clearance. As you mentioned, uh, I don't rub on obstacles that I did once uh, when it was stock. So I'm pretty, pretty happy with that two inch, maybe two and a half. If there's a two and a half inch lift out there, anybody makes. All right, you guys are screwing me tonight. You're not uh, going along with the premise here of no. I got to have a bigger <laughs> lift. <laughs> so, Chris, you're you're happy with the two inch lift? Then you're just uh, wanting to make it more of a, uh, a a full suspension lift and not something that you're actually uh, adding spacers uh, to to accomplish. Correct, and and then I drive a 2014 JK, and I, I just learned that two inches, two and a half is about as far as you can go before you really start to monkey with drive line angles and really start to wear parts out it gets, yeah. gets pretty tight yeah that's very true when you start going up very high you have to start uh, being concerned about other things and uh, we didn't mention larger tires uh, much larger tires uh can uh be uh time to replace uh, uh the gears and the differentials which is uh, very expensive so it's a uh you change you can't just change one thing many times especially if you go big you go big you you're going to be doing a lot uh, either initially or eventually all right, uh, so Isaac, tell us about your uh, your lift on your Jeep, if you have one, and uh, if you're planning on uh, going with a larger one in the future. So I've got a 100-inch lift on mine right now. It's just not big enough. <laughs> maybe, and maybe a 150 lift might might do it. Um, I actually have no um, <laughs> okay, I just good. I have a family, so, you know budgets oh we're gonna use that uh, old excuse <laughs> oh yeah uh-huh, sure <laughs> I'm trying to be the responsible one here uh-huh. um i don't know if i'd really like a lift on mine actually i mean i i've i go to different like jeep picnics and i host the jeep drives through the kettle moraine and it's weird because you see a jeep you know there, there'll be a jk or jku there and there'll be another one right next to it with bigger tires and a lift kit. And the whole vehicle looks bigger. It's, like, it's strange. Yeah. The, very... And it's like, it's the exact same body, but it looks bigger because of the bigger tires and the lift kit. 
Yeah. Yep, that's so and true. I like my my YJ looking small. It reminds me of the old, you know, the Willys Jeeps, mm -hmm. which I would really love to have one day, but, you know, budgeting and being responsible and all. Uh, so I, I like mine looking small. That's, that's the gist of it. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that whatsoever. It's just uh, not the not the norm uh, from uh, yeah. from the masses as far as uh, lift kits. Now, I was doing the same thing with my 98 uh, Jeep Cherokee until, because, uh, you know, again, family, and it's just not, you know, how can you indulge yourself in spending this stuff that really is for you and uh, doesn't really benefit the family at all? And uh, we had a, a Category 5 hurricane, which I've sp mentioned numerous times here on the show, and it was bearing down on uh, the Gulf Coast, and uh, we were seeing something that I had never seen living here all my life, uh, I-10 was bumper to bumper, and you literally, uh, it, for 12 hours being on I-10, you might have gone five miles. Wow. And, and it was at that moment that I said, screw this. I have a Jeep. I'm going to lift it. I'm going to put some tires on it. I want to make a hurricane uh, escape vehicle. And mm -hmm. uh, that's how I got started doing all the all the Jeep stuff was, uh, I, I do want to be responsible uh, husband and father, but uh, part of that responsibility is making sure my family is safe. And I, if I can't evacuate from a, a Category 5 hurricane because the, the roads are clogged, I need something that doesn't need roads. And uh, yeah. then the sickness really caught hold, and I went all full <laughs> Jeep. I uh, like doing uh, uh, more looks like the, we have our rustic road program where they're like gravel roads or fire roads, things like that, where it's not crazy technical, but you're still out in, you know, I live in the city, so it gets you out of the city and into the country and stuff like that. So. Oh, just getting off the paved roads is fine. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yep, exactly. So that's that. Uh, that's there's absolutely no problem with that. Don't uh, don't have any problems with your little Jeep. I actually, well, when you say little Jeep, it reminds me. Uh, uh, my wife absolutely loved the lift and the larger tires, but she says, "My little Jeep, it's just not a little Jeep anymore. It's a big Jeep." <laughs> and it was exactly that. It's just fast. you just it's it's the same body it's the same everything it's just a little higher and the the tires are sticking out a little further so it's amazing the the difference that uh tires and uh, wheels can make uh and of course the well, lift but uh, i've always loved putting tires new tires and wheels on anything well i i think too it's really comes down to what are you going to do with your jeep and if you're not into the crawling and doing all that you don't need a lift and like all of us that have been on the the fireside chat right now we all have different reasons for the lift we have and i think what's nice about it is nobody's judging nobody's saying you're good or bad or wrong or right i think it really comes down to what's your preference what's your need like tony that's a great story you know utilizing it to be able to get out of a, a an emergency situation i i don't think i'd have had thought that through but it's so true. Like for us, we get fires a lot in California. And I'm thinking, you know what? I have the Jeep. I could actually get out of here if we had to off road right. rather than using a road. I just never even put those two together. So well, it, goes, it goes back to that Superman thing I was talking about. Where but we all know black Jeeps are better. Well, they, they also catch on fire easier because <laughs> the the black. Um, <laughs> if, if you're in a red Jeep, you really can't tell it's on fire because it's, it's red already. Oh, man. And white's just buzzing right on through. So there you Actually, go. Actually, <laughs> white would be great for fires because it's going to yes. reflect more heat. So uh, but it's like I was saying about uh, being like Superman because you have, or, or, or not maybe not Superman, but a superhero. You have these abilities that the majority of people don't have 
So uh, that's one of the things that a Jeep can give you. Uh, now, before we uh, before we get too far out in this thing, let's get over to Greg. Greg, what uh, what did you did you lift your Jeep? And if uh, you did, are you thinking about lifting it higher? Yeah, so I've got a three and a half inch coil lift in the front and in the back. I've got uh, I went with uh, an Ado leaf and then a two and a half inch boomerang shackle in the back of my XJ, which it's almost level. The back still sags a little bit. The old leaf springs are, you know, causing havoc with that. But uh, sure. it, just, it wasn't in the budget to uh, go with the new leafs on the in the back just yet. So. You know, uh, we're trying to get level at this point in time, and then eventually, uh, you know, we want to get some bumpers on to be able to go off-road. One of the reasons why we haven't gone off-road yet is because uh, we don't have any recovery gear, so uh, we're still itching to get off-road, but we're just uh, abiding by the advice that uh, I've heard from you and Josh and Tammy for so many years, just saying if you don't have the proper recovery, don't go off-road, so yeah well right one thing now, right, one thing i'll tell you right is get some tow points front and rear and then get a buddy to go with you that does have recovery gear and then you can go off-road as long as you have right, the recovery have the recovery wait. points yeah yeah sure yeah i mean we do have the uh, uh with the uh tow package in the back so we could get one of those uh d-ring shackles in the back to put inside the uh receiver for yep, that so we've got the tow point in the back in the back side but we just don't have anything in the front yet um you know, well, we don't. We're not in any clubs. We don't have anybody that goes off road for us to go with. So mm-hmm. we need to get a buddy that wants to do it with us too first. But you yeah. know, it's it's a it's a fun it's a it's a slow process, but it's been fun. We've enjoyed it. Getting out there doing the lift was interesting. I couldn't get the uh, leaf spring off on the driver's on the passenger side, so I actually had to do the add a leaf by cutting the pin out off of the uh, mount where it goes to the, um, you know, I removed the axle, two U-bolts. Right. Yep. Yeah, to the axle itself. Then I had to slide the leaf in between the leaves because I couldn't get the uh, bolt off of the body up towards the front. You know, the, the shackle yeah. side came back yeah. off easily, but I couldn't get the other one. It was seized in there. So Yeah, very common. Know. Yeah. I'm in Tulsa, and it's been a Tulsa Jeep, and oh. there's absolutely no rust on it at all. I was just getting to ask so, you where, whereabouts you were. But, uh, have yeah, you, did you try a PB blaster and doing it for about a week before you tried taking that out? Because uh, you're going to need to no, you're going to need to replace those leaf springs. Yeah, yeah, I know that's that's one thing. Uh, I know we will have to do eventually. I didn't do any PB blaster. I hit it with a, uh, a breaker bar, but I was on the ground. I didn't have it up in the air, so I couldn't get a lot of leverage on it. And then I also tried using an impact wrench with my air tools, and it wouldn't budge at all. So I, rather than breaking it and having a bigger problem, I figured I'd get it up on a lift sometime and be able to really get it get at it with a breaker bar by helping out. Yeah, I've have um, I've heard of not the bolt breaking because that's a substantial bolt, but uh, breaking the nut that's uh, welded in there, uh, breaking that loose uh, happens. And then people yeah, wind up Josh having to, said that he did that one time. Oh, I, I forget. But uh, I know that uh, people will actually cut holes in the uh, above so they can get to it from above so they can get something on it, re-weld it or whatever. But uh, maybe if you oh, can wow. get some, yeah, it's a pain. I was very lucky uh, down in southeast Texas. Uh, it doesn't even get cold down here, so there's actually no salt. And I, I don't ever take it to Galveston. So uh, mine came out fairly easily. But no, I know exactly what you're talking about. 
Um, I would recommend, um, uh, with with that one exception of uh, that you're having with the getting the bolt out, which will certainly uh, be a problem uh, for replacing the springs. But I'd recommend just going over to, uh, to Amazon. The, uh, I've been looking at some Rubicon Express uh, leaf springs uh, for mine, mm-hmm. and because uh, mine have been on there since about mm, 2007, I guess. I actually, uh, I, when I went to my four and a half inch lift. Uh, I did the add a leaf because it was cheaper, and and with buying tires and wheels and the lift kit, uh, it was you know really expensive for me at the time, and uh, so I drove a, a couple of years with the add a leaf on my uh, my leaf springs, and I actually have the uh, upcountry package, which is a factory one inch lift on my my Cherokee, so those leaf springs are actually a little little springer springier if you will. And uh, mm-hmm. but the, the Adelies, boy, they were noisy, especially in the wintertime. It just it wasn't a pleasant experience, and it was much nicer whenever I got uh, actual uh, four and a half inch lift springs uh, to go on there. So yeah, uh, but uh, yeah, play with that bolt and uh, heat it and PV blast it. And I wouldn't do two at the same time t- because that PV blaster is uh, will ignite on you. <laughs> but <laughs> you get that stuff in there, and uh, yeah, I uh, hope you'll get that out without spinning that nut. Uh, what year uh, XJ yeah, do you have? It's a 2000, uh, okay. 2000 XJ. Okay. Um, but it was built in, it was made in November of, of uh, 99. 99. Yeah. But I think I've got the better head on it. Yeah. Yep. So it's not real old and it's been, like you say, in Oklahoma all the time. Hopefully you'll get that off there. Now, I don't want to encourage you to break that bolt loose, but what one thing you could do, uh, I think you can, uh, is to lift the Jeep up, put the breaker bar in there and an extension on it. And then I'm trying to think about the direction. Yeah, you can still do it. It doesn't matter. And then lower the Jeep and actually use the weight of the Jeep to help uh, turn that, uh, turn that, that, that bolt. That way you could do it uh, on the ground, and you don't have to wait until you get get to a lift. But there again, you may break that that nut loose in the back. Yeah, that's a good that, that's a good advice there. I, I didn't I didn't consider that, but that's. Uh, but be careful. When we get to that point in time, when we get to that point, we'll uh, <laughs> we'll give you a call see if you can help us out. Yeah, but don't but be careful because <laughs> those things will can take off and go go off a direction. It's usually for your head. So. <laughs> well, right now the with with what we have is. Uh, it has given us uh, the about a three. I mean, I've got a solid three and a half inch lift up in the front, so I went with the Rubicon Express three and a half inch uh, coils. Mm-hmm. And in the back, I've got um, almost three inches in the back. So rather than, uh, or what I could do is eventually uh, go with um, because I have the Adelief and the boomerang shackle. I might go with shackle relocations, and it will level it out. But that'll be temporary you know, a temporary fix to get it level. Eventually, we will go with the new lease. It's just a matter of time and budget. Or you can go over to uh, Iron Man Fab 4x4 and just get that uh, long arm kit uh, for the rear long arm and just put coils back there in a, a, a track bar. <laughs> All right. Uh, great. Thank you guys for joining us here on the uh, the Campfire Side Chat. Uh, and uh, hopefully, uh, Josh will be back with us uh, next week for the entire show, not just the Campfire Side Chat. So do you want to join us for the campfire side chat? Go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and find out all the ways you can reach out to us. Well, that's it for this show uh, this week, fellow Jeeper. Until next week, be sure to become a paid subscriber because in these uncertain times, you can at least count on the Jeep Talk Show to be here 
for you each and every week. You know, a tear just rolled down my cheek. I'm sorry, that's sweat on my ass, directly on my cheek. And as always, thank you for listening to the world's most downloaded G Podcast. Life is like a box of jeeps. If you don't watch what you're doing, they may wind upside down. Podcasting since 2010.